Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How is everybody? Good. It always sounds uh, way more dignified if I talk in a lower voice. Good morning. Right? Good morning. So, um, so I'm going to dig right in this morning. Um, try to figure out where, where did I leave off last week? So can someone read this board and tell me what I was trying to say? What's that? Hey. I don't see hey, I see yay. Yeah, anyway, okay. We were talking about the, the notes, how we, we, our life follows a harmony with God. Yeah, like, can I sc- scoot this over? Is that all right? Okay. So, um, so I was talking about our thoughts. Now, our thoughts, like, we're vibrations, and it's kind of like, like vibrations, right? And God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways. Your way, so as my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than yours. Well, what is it? What's he talking about? Everything, like this whole book is so, like the more I read, oh, time out, I gotta pray. Father, just bless this service, bless everyone here. We love you. Holy Spirit, speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I know it's something like everybody does it, so I figure I gotta do it too, right? <laughs> so not like he's not, like I'm excited, I'm ready to roll. In fact, I'm so ready to roll. That, that I wasn't sure exactly where I wanted to go, and then the Holy Spirit starts tweaking with me. You know, and I'm like, ah, oh, come on, I've been planning a week to go here, and now you're wanting me to go there, and this and that. But I really want us to get this because this is really important. He's, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways because my, my thoughts are higher. So, like, we're vibration. Everything is vibration here, here on uh, here, everything you see is is matter. It is breaks down to atoms, and atoms break down, and all this stuff. I don't know all the science behind it, but I know that that it's everything's vibration. Einstein, like he's a smart dude, right? Like E equals M C squared, right? And so he's talking about energy equals mass, and all this stuff. And so science has proven what God's been talking about for, for years and years and years and years. And so, um, but here, so this was the easiest way for me to understand it is God's thoughts are up here, right? His ways are up here. My thoughts are down here. It's kind of reminded me of like music, right? Not that I play music, right? But if I was, all the musicians are like, Pastor James, you're nuts. Like that ain't even what a note looks like or this or that. But so, like, if I'm playing down here, it's like way low, right, and go way up high, maybe. I don't know. His thoughts are higher, right? And so I want to get on the same frequency that God's thinking on, right? I want to think like, God, well, well, how do I know how God thinks? Right there, his word, right? So what do I, what do I, how do I know what God's thinking if I don't know what God's saying about me? Right, and so that's why the word of God's so important. But as I get up here and I start thinking like God, and what is God saying about you? What is God saying to you? 
rather than what are you seeing in your flesh? What do you see, hear, taste, touch, or, or smell, right? And then you got, got the shepherd. We had Rash, right? Um, Aleph and Hay, right? Actually, I think that's Ayan, not, not Aleph. And so when you literally see the pictograph, it comes to life. And I was wanting to really chase that down. No offense to Chaser, right? Which is from the Hebrew word what we, where we get want, right? To, to lack. We shall not chase. Like, really, you can take the R off and it's chase. So I'm not going to be chasing. So, but I, w- I want to dig into the word this morning just a minute because he says his thoughts are not our thoughts, but he says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. And he said, they're bad thoughts. I want to wipe you out. What? No, that's not what he says. He says, I don't even like you, so I ain't. What does it say? Anybody know what it says? You know where I'm quoting from Jeremiah 29, right? I know the thoughts. Actually, that's Isaiah, right? Yes. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Those are, that's actually in Jeremiah 29. They are what? Someone look that up real quick. There you go. For welfare, not for calamities, to give you a future and a hope. Right. So we know his plans. We know his thoughts. We know what he's thinking about us. They're, they're plans, their thoughts for hope, for a future, right? So he's got good thoughts towards us, right? I used to, and the reason that I, have, I struggle with this is because I grew up thinking that God always had bad thoughts towards me, right? Anyway, am I like the only one who ever thought like that? I was like, oh man, God's a big old mean dude, and if I don't do everything right, he's going to smash me with the whack-a-mole club. And I already knew from the very beginning that I wasn't going to be able to keep up with him, right? And so then I'd get this guilt, and I'd get this shame, and the more, more I got guilty and shame, the more I started doing more stuff that I didn't want to do, and it was just a, a circle and, until I come to a place where I was like, you know what? I give up. And you know, that was the exact place that God wanted me, was a place where I gave up, right? And so um, that's what, what we got to do is we got to surrender and surrender to him. In Isaiah 26, I'm, I'm going to read in Isaiah 20, I'm going to go to Isaiah 25, but I'm going to do Isaiah 26 too. But it says in Isaiah 26, 3, it says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in himself. Because he trusts in what he can do. Because because he trusts in who? In you. He trusts in the Lord. He will keep him in perfect peace. Now, Now, where when you go back and break it down into the regional original Hebrew, it says um, shalom, shalom. And so they got perfect peace, and, and shalom is perfect. It's completeness. But he's like, you are complete, complete, whose mind is stayed on you. Now that Hebrew word for mind is yet, sir. And I was really wanting to break into that word and break it down for you. And then the Holy Spirit is like, no, we're going to go over here. Just give them a precursor. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you there, but we're going to scoot over here for a second first. But um, who's mine? What, do, what am I talking about? Where do you, where do you think your thoughts? You, th- you have thoughts that come, that come to your mind, 
right? You think that your brain's thinking those thoughts? Anybody think that your brain, without your brain, you can't think thoughts? Right? So if you're, if you're brain dead, you can't think, right? Except what happens when you die? You hear people that are brain dead, that, that are pronounced dead, and they float out of their bodies, but they, guess what they can still do? They can still think, right? So our brain is an organ that holds memories and that, that works, but, but we are more than our brain. We're more than our organs. We're more than our bodies, right? So as a man thinks where? In his heart. So is he. The kingdom of God's where? Within me, right? It's within you, right? And so, so um, we have this mind. We have the mind of Christ. We have thoughts that we think, but we're not our thoughts. Have I ever think that? Like, oh, well, I'm my thought. Because you can change your thoughts and you can change your identity. You are what God said. You are made in God's image. And how you think about what God says will make the difference in your life. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say there? Okay. So, I'm going to go to Isaiah 25. And I'm going and it says this Isaiah twenty five one, O Lord, you are my God. Okay, so O I am that I am. You are my Elohim. You are my Creator. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness. Right. In perfect faith, faithfulness, you have done marvelous things planned long ago. You have made the city a heap uh, of rubble, a fortified town a ruin. The foreigners stronghold a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will honor you. Cities and ruthless nations will revere you. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. So now we're looking into Isaiah, and I love Isaiah, and like you just see the, the chapters previous to, to this, he's prophesying against Babylon. He's prophesying against Jerusalem, and Isaiah's talking about this. In fact, in, in chapter 20, Isaiah literally God says, I want you to strip yourself naked. I want you to take off, because he's already in sackcloth, in ashes, and he's fasting, and he's praying, and he's seeking God. And God says, I want you to take off your sackcloth, and I want you to take off your sandals, and I want you to go through the streets, and I want you to prophesy this. And he was prophesying to, to the, the Egyptians and, and the Cushites and all these people that, hey, just like you had betrayed Israel, you're going to be led out captive, naked, and, and ashamed. And he was saying that. But it's really cool because Isaiah, Isaiah is literally God's salvation, right? It's Yah's salvation. And he's the son of Amaz, who is, which means strong. It's like God's salvation is strong, right? But there, there was a king, and, and, um, and he was taken and killed by a dude that was one of his generals, and his name was Sargon. Now, Sargon means, um, what, let me look at this so I can get it right, so I can get you the, the background from it. Okay. 
So, so Sargon attacked, and this guy's name was Shamal Mazer. So it was a weird name, right? It means peace and chains. So peace and chains got killed by this general who killed him, and he is a Syrian king, and his name was the true king, the one who God, God placed in order. And so here, the, the peace that come through chains was replaced by the true king, and here now Isaiah is saying, you know what? The God's salvation, right, who is strong, who is strength, who takes the burden off of you, right? He's, and it really, it's kind of a messianic prophecy too, if you can see it, because it's really prophesying kind of where you can see how Jesus was stripped bare. He was stripped naked. He was the true king that was brought down and, and marched through and died for us, right? And that's where our strength comes from is through him, right? But here Isaiah is prophesying this. And and literally, like like he what prophet does that, right? Why would God tell him to do that? But he was telling him a story. And then then Sargon, right? He actually literally took like a big chunk of he went all the way to Egypt and even over into Babylon, and then he ended up getting killed by his own by, by one of his generals, and um, one, his son was a dude named Sinner Cherub, right? Not, not Sinner, S-E-N-N. There's all kind, so, so many funny names, right? But then it goes on. Anybody hear those names in the Bible? It's funny how it all ties in. But what, it, what I seen when I, that was like, here, we're, we're caught up and we're trying to live our life in the flesh. We're trying to walk in the flesh. We're trying to make our way in the flesh. And we forget that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we are born again, that we have Jesus living inside us, right? It's the flesh, walking in the, the flesh, walking by our senses, right? And then here we got the true king kills that, right? That, that dies, and now the true king stands up, and what does Isaiah do? He strips himself off, and he walks out. And, and to me, it was like the Bible says, put off the old man, right? You put off the old man. So what is he saying? We die to the flesh. We die to those, to those thoughts, to those images, that we have that doesn't line up with what God says about us. Does that make sense? And so, are are you thinking, oh, this looks like a face. I just noticed that. That's kind of cool. Did I? I did make it as a face? Well, see, I don't even remember what I preached. It was the eye. It was the eye. Oh, yeah, two eyes and then the eyebrows, right? So, So, here... This is what, what he's saying is like, are we going to live on how we think? Are we going to live where we, we think, feel? Are we going to live by our emotions? Because our emotions will, will drive us. We'll forget that we got something and drive 10 miles out of our way to get something that we never got in the first place. Anybody ever do that? I did. Right? And so it comes back and you're like, that didn't even really exist at all. Right? What, what was I thinking? And we get so caught up in our worry. We get so caught up in our anxiety. We get so caught up in worrying about how we're going to do this. And we've put all, all of our focus on ourselves and taken it off of God. 
right? Where our true strength, where our true power lies is in him. There's one number I like to call, and it's not 911. Right? You can call 911 in the Bible. It's Psalms 91.1 that says, He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge and my fortress. Right? But, but there's another number I like in Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Whose righteousness? His righteousness. Whose kingdom? His kingdom. And where's His kingdom at? In us, right? Like I'm just driving here, I'm having a good time, and I close my eyes, and a poof. Like, like it's like I'm in space or something. It's like there's a great kingdom, and I just talk to my daddy. I'm like, Daddy, I'm so so thankful for you, Abba. Thank you for all this. And like I can feel his presence. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. He he was and is and is to come. When he told Moses, he said, I am that I am. I I was, I am, am I, and I am to come, right? That's why he said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What are they saying? He is God by saying that statement. You guys see where that correlates, right? No wonder they're trying to kill him, right? And so, and not only was he saying he's God, he's saying you have the power and you are sons and daughters of God yourself. And now they're like, whew. Religious people don't want to hear that, right? Religious, I know we don't got no religious people in here, right? It might be out there. Maybe there's not any out there either, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to move on. Before I stir something up, I don't want to, Right? Where was that? Let me go back to this. Okay. Oh, Lord. Oh, I am that I am. You are my God. Oh, he is. He was and he is to come. Right? So he is a great I am. Right? So that goes back. I am. Like like when it goes early, I am rich. I am blessed. I am healthy. And you know what? When I, there's times I write that down or I think about that. And I will have these thoughts come up that are contrary to, to what I'm com- completely thinking, right? There's guy, people that say, I think there's a famous quote on Michael Jackson's wall that said, I am, I am the thinker, I am the thought, I am this, right? So he's like, I am the thought. He was taken and saying, you know what? I'm the thought too, but I am not the thought because Jesus said casting down imaginations and everything that that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What are thoughts? They're imaginations. It's like taking a picture. Anybody got cameras? Like you're taking a picture. Do you know you're doing that every day with everything you look at and everything you see? You're you're taking pictures. And so... so, um, so casting down the thoughts, I am, I am a son of God. I am blessed. I am who God says I am. I am the righteousness of God in who? In Christ Jesus, right? And so that's exciting news, right, for us. He's like, like oh, I am that I am. You are my creator. I will exalt you and praise your name. And in your perfect faithfulness, you have done marvelous things planned long ago. And then, I already read that. I'm going to drop down to verse 6. It says, 
Actually, I'm going to drop down to four. It says, For you have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy, in his distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against the wall, and like the heat of the desert. You silence the uproar of foreigners as heat is introduced by the shadow of a cloud, so the song of the ruthless is still. On this mountain, O Lord, oh, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds the peoples, uh, all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. Now, what's he talking about? You know what he's talking about? He's talking about two different mountains. You know, there's two different mountains in the Bible. You know, Paul talked about them too. Can I get rid of this now? You guys okay with me getting rid of this? Instead of a chaser, I'm going to be an eraser. Are you guys good? You okay? You got this? Hey, that's a cute face. Sorry. Okay. I'm trying to be... Uh, Trying to be, sound, what do you call it, technical this morning, and I'm just going to go cowboy on you. Okay? Here's the mountain. It's got snow, right? Okay. So, so the Bible talks about, actually you see it in the New Testament too, there's two, two mountains. There's two sons. Remember he talked about the two sons. There, there was who? There was Hagar who had who? Ishmael. Ishmael was born of what? The, the flesh, right? Isaac was born of, of the spirit, of the promise. Are you living by the flesh, by only what you can do? Or are you living by, by the spirit? Are you living by the promise? Are you living by what God can do, right? So you had two mountains in the Bible, though. Actually, there was more, because remember Balaam? I was talking about Balaam, and he got up on these three different mountains, and they all had different meanings, right? And, and so, and then was trying, they were wanting him to prophesy against Israel, and it didn't work out very good for him, Right? But here, they're wandering through the desert. Actually, there probably wasn't snow on these mountains. But we're in Washington, right? So I'm going trees too, but I was like, probably need Will for that, right? Do those even look like mountains? Probably not. But um, they're hills. I kind of put some hills around them so they look different. Okay. Okay, so you got one mountain here, Right? And on this one mountain, here, the Israelites, they'd been free. They'd been set free from, from slavery, right? So, so they've been brought out of slavery, right? They've been through the Red Sea. Now they're walking in the desert. They're walking with God. What, that's like our, our faith, right? We're set free, right? We're blessed. We're saved. Then we're baptized, and now we're baptized, and now... We're walking with God, and we're walking with God, and we're seeing God provide for us. Manna, here, boom, boom, boom. And then when God's providing for us like that, well, that's not good enough. And God's like, hey, I don't want you to eat manna no more. How about we just go over here and take the promised land? Like, no, I'm okay with just what I got. That's what they were saying. I'm good. I'm good here, right? And so, so, although there wasn't McDonald's in the desert, there was no place they could spend that gold. So you know what they did? They made a golden calf, right? 
Moses goes up on, on, on the mountain, right? God gives him the, the Ten Commandments, right? He comes down. They're, they've been waiting on this thing. What is, Moses has to break him before he even gets down. Like, you think you're bad? Moses broke all Ten Commandments at once. And guess what? According to the law, if you break one of them, you broke every one of them. Right? So how can you live like that? So here, they're, they're down at the bottom. They're waiting for Moses to come with, with, with something coming to them so that they can have life, so that they can have something. Wait a second. They're already saved. They're already provided for. They've already been baptized. They're already walking with God, but they're still waiting for something to come that's coming from the outside. It's a slave mentality. It's thinking, thinking my, my salvation has got to come from out here, and I hope someday it comes. And then when it stands right in front of us, are we even going to see him? Because it's not something that's just coming. Do I believe he, he was, he is, and he is to come? Is he coming? Yeah, he's coming. But he's here right now. Right now. So here they are. They're on top of this mountain, right? Or Moses is on top of this mountain with God. And they're waiting. And while they're waiting, you know what they do? They build a golden calf, right? They're like, oh, well, you know, God's not taking it, not, not doing it. So we're going to build something. We can worship ourselves. And they build a golden calf. Well, that's insulting to God because he says he's the life and the top. What, what is, what is the, the life? It's the sacrificial ox. Literally, they were making an image saying, ah, God, we don't need you. We'll make something in your image. We'll make a God that's just like you. And he says, I'm already with you. I am. You don't need me. And the only reason he was coming down here was because they needed guidance and they needed brought to a place where they realized it's not about us, it's about him. And if they had just lived like Abraham lived, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as what? As righteousness. That wasn't enough for them. Right? So they're living on, on this mountain. And, and the, the Bible talks about that there's a shroud, that there's a veil. Actually, do you think this might be a little bit messianic here? Do you know what, what it means to be messianic in the scripture? It means it's talking about Jesus before Jesus was actually, actually even here. And this whole Bible is about Jesus. Like from, from the Genesis all the way to, what's the last book in the Bible? Revelation? It goes that far? Right? All the way through. I thought it was genuine leather. But, or concordance. Isn't concordance a book in the Bible? Okay, I'll move on. Okay, so, so here... All the way through the Bible, it's about Jesus. But it's saying, on this mountain, the Lord will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all the people, the sheet that covers all the nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his of his people from all the earth. 
The Lord has spoken. You're like, well, what's all nations? God don't know anything about all the nations. Uh, yes, he does. Before, like in, in Isaiah 24, verse um, 14, it says, They raise their voices, they shout for joy from the West. Anybody watch the news? I don't very often, but when they do, they talk about global news. They talk about the, the West. Who's in the West? We're in the West, right? From the West. Watch this. They acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore, in the east, give, give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the ends of the earth, we hear singing glory to the righteous one. Listen, God knew before anybody knew. He knew more about science before science knew. We're just catching up with God, right? And so, so here he's saying, the people of all the earth, in that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. The hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. Well, what mountain was it? Do you think it's this mountain? you think it's the mountain, Mount Sinai, where it comes down? This is more Hagar. Right? Then Sarah. Right? Then we got another mountain. Anybody know what the other mountain's called and what mountain he's talking about? You know the name of this mountain? Not Pilchuck. <laughs> Not Whitehorse. Not Mount Everest. Anybody know the name of this mountain? Not what? Zion. Zion. Mount. Zion, right? Do you know what happened on Mount Zion? Anybody know what happened? It's a big thing. We celebrate it every Easter, right? Jesus gave his life, right? You know what also happened on that mountain? There's a dude named Abraham had his kid named Isaac, right? The promise that he said, go up this mountain. Take your son, your only son, the son whom you love. You know, this book actually coordinates with all the authors and all the stuff. It actually coordinates and makes sense when you dig into it, right? So he's talking about Mount Zion. I love this because he's talking about the veil. The veil, when Jesus died, the Bible says that the veil in the temple, there was a veil that, that stood between the Holy of Holies and the Most Holy Place. And the Bible says it, only the, the high priest could go in there, and he could only go in there once a year, but as he went in through, through, through there, do you know what happened? He presented the sacrifice. But he was the only one, and he could only do it with the sacrifice of the lamb once a year. But the Bible says that when, when Jesus died, that the veil was ripped from top to bottom, saying, you know what? You have access to God now. Not only do you have access, but the Bible says that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And so the way our body's made, that's a whole different, it's a whole different message. I ain't got time. You guys hanging with me? Okay. Okay, so it says, surely the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. You're like, Pastor James, what are you talking about? That's just not a mountain. You're just talking about mountains. What's the matter with you? It's not in the New Testament. 
Not in the New Testament. I ain't going to believe it. Nothing happened till the New Testament. Right? Is that what you guys said? Okay. So, Hebrews 12, 18 says this. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. Actually, I'm going to read the whole... I'm going to start in 14. It says, Make every effort to live in peace, completeness, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, with all men, and to be holy without holiness will... No one will see God. Well, see, he's taking us here, isn't he? No, he's not. No, he's not. It sounds we can go there with it, but watch. We think he's taking us there. God's not taking us there. And then he says this. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. What's the grace? Mount Zion, where Jesus died, where the veil's removed, where the veil's ripped, and we have access to God ourselves, right? No one miss it, right? And no bitter root grows up to cause any trouble and defiance. And then he says, see that no one is sexually immoral or, or godless like Esau. Now watch this. For who a single meal sold his inheritance rights to as the oldest son. What's he talking about again? He's talking about what was Esau? Esau represented the flesh. Jacob represented the spirit. He's saying, hey, dude. Don't walk by the flesh. Put off the old man. Put off living in the flesh and live by faith. That's what he's saying. He's not saying, hey, scrap all this Mount Zion stuff and go back here. Because you know what? The way that I read it sometimes and the way I was taught when I was a kid, I was going back and forth over here so much, I was just spinning. And that's not what the book says. When you understand from, from, from a different mindset that this is deeper than just the logic. We're in the West. We're really logical, right? We're really smart. Lots of scientists, lots of mathematicians, all this. But that's not the, the, the Hebrew or the Middle Eastern culture at all. There's so much more depth to it and so much more meaning to it when we understand that. This, what it, that's what he's saying. He's like, if you're like Esau, do you know what? You're going to be walking in the flesh and you're going to forfeit your inheritance because it's not that it wasn't yours. It's that you're trying to sell it out for just what you can do and what you can get and where you can go rather than trusting what God can do in your life. Pretty heavy, isn't it, when you think about it? The sexual immorality is what it is, but it's also a spiritual sexual immorality that comes, and it, it's more of a Hebrew thought culture uh, of the conception in your mind, what you conceive in your mind, right? You know, that's, that's the same thing as sexual immor immorality. I think a spiritual adultery. That's hard preaching, isn't it? It's not any. It's not just about. Am I out of time? No. It's not just about surface. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. He's not. Ta he's not just talking about that kind. He's talking about going into the spirit realm. And if you don't see this, then you can't go where where I want to go next, right? This is such a such a 
solid group of believers. Like, I don't, like, I'm thankful that I can actually preach. (laughs) Thank you. So, right? So, see that no one... That no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau for whose for a single male sold his inheritance right as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind. Listen, though he sought the blessing with tears. But it says this, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness to, and gloom, to a trumpet blast, or to such a speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. Now, he's picking a fight right here. Do you know what he's saying? You're not coming to Mount, Mount Sinai where the Ten Commandments was coming, the Holy Ten Commandments, and, and to the Jewish mind, those Ten Commandments are holy. You ever go to, I go to, I've been to Messianic synagogues, I've been to other synagogues, and do you know what they do? They bring the, the, the Torah out. And they bless the Torah, and they love the Torah, and they kiss the Torah, and they touch the Torah. That's a Jewish mindset. And now he's saying, that's what come down the mountain. It's not just the Torah, it's the Ten Commandments, right? But, but what I'm saying is that Torah is life. And they know it. And they love it. But here, the, the Jewish mindset is a heart for that. And now he's saying, hey, you didn't just come to this mountain, but there's another mountain. That mountain, that, that was just a precursor. That was just a teacher to lead us to another mountain. And that mountain is the mountain where Jesus died and gave his life that we can have life and have life more abundantly. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. Either we're free or we're not. Right? And that's what he's saying. He's like, it had trumpet blast. It had the shofar. And all that stuff's magnificent. I thank God for that. I love going to the synagogue to this day. But I, I see God's grace in it. And so do many of, the, many of those people, too. Not, not criticizing them. I'm just trying to give you a context of what Paul, or not Paul, but the writer of this was saying, right? Okay. So to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. What is he saying? You couldn't keep it. If even an animal touches a mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Moses is saying himself, there's no way you can keep it. There's no way you can do that. In fact, if an animal even touches this mountain, he's got to die. And yet, why do we still get drawn to that? Because it makes our flesh feel like we can do something. We want to stay in control. When we really, our, our real control comes in submission to following him in the spirit. Does that make sense? Not to the mind, it don't, probably. But, I love God's buts. But, 
You have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You've come to what mountain? Mount Zion, right? You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men, made what? Perfect. Perfect. Listen to that. Do you know what perfect means? Perfect. Perfect. You have been made perfect. When God sees you, he's not on a sin hunt. He's on a, that's my son. I love him so much, right? Man, I'm going to run out of time. I'll, 30 second close, how's that? To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the spirit, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What are you saying? The finished work of Jesus made you righteous, and if it made you righteous, it made you perfect. It restored you. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. Don't go to this mountain no more. Even in your thoughts. And you can go to that mountain when we say, oh, I can do this. I can do that in my flesh. And I, God, you just hang out. And then, hey, Father, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in, in me than he that is in the world. Where's he at? In me. Where, 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 when's he there? Right now. He was there a second ago when I said now, but now is now, and now is. Right? See, when I first started, it's already gone, it's past. And when I'm going to shut up, no one knows. That's so far in the future. <laughs> right? But now, 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 he's ever present. Now. Now, now is my salvation. Now is my salvation. Now is the time of salvation. Now, 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 now. When's now? The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. When? Now, 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 now. And we live in the now. All the comings and and him, his blessings and his goodness, that's going to come. You don't have to worry about that. But I want to know him now. Right? I'm going to eat my cake. I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. Amen? Amen? Thank you for your word, Father. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.